Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and if you've arrived here, there must be a reason. I'm guessing you're curious to learn more about improving your wellbeing alongside ADHD, or maybe looking for some advice or guidance to feel healthier and calmer. So, why start this podcast? I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and I discovered my own ADHD alongside one of my daughters at the age of 40. And now, after supporting many other women just like me and probably you, I feel there's a need for more emphasis on well-being and lifestyle help for women with ADHD. And through the podcast, I want to offer you new insights and perspectives to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and balanced life. So wherever you are on your ADHD journey, my aim is to support you in finding the awareness and the most aligned tools to enhance your well-being so you can make the most intentional mindset and lifestyle choices moving forwards. Ready to get started? Here's the episode. Just a quick note to let you know that the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Collective has closed its doors. The membership is now open and we have over 60 women joined. I can't believe it. What an amazing community already. So I will be reopening the doors again, probably end of September, beginning of October. But for now, the doors are closed. I'm going to be serving this amazing community as personally as I can with live workshops, discussions, videos, exclusive podcast episodes. I'm really, really excited to have so many of you on board that have come from the podcast. So a huge thank you from me. Can't wait to get started. And if you do fancy this, I will be reopening the doors again in September, but head to my website where you will see that there's already a waiting list and you can get on board. So you'll get the first information for the next installment of the membership doors being opened. So hi everyone, welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I am Kate Moore Youssef, the host of this show, and today we are talking something a little bit different. I'm really looking forward to speaking to my guest today. Her name is Tina Mathams, and she's based in Brisbane, Australia. And Tina is an accountant and a money coach, and she helps ADHD entrepreneurs with their finances, and she also teaches money management for ADHD brains. I think so many of us are going to want to hear what you've got to say. And Tina is based, like I said, in Brisbane with her husband, two kids, two cats and a dog. So it sounds like you've got a busy house and it's just a delight to have you on. Thank you for joining me and talking all about something that I never thought I'd talk about on the on the podcast, which is financial well-being. But actually, I feel like there's there's so much for us to understand and to break down because actually understanding our finances and being um, empowered by our finances has a huge impact on our well-being. Can you explain a little bit about what you do and how you help people? Yeah, sure. So thank you so much for the invite. I'm really excited to talk more about money during this episode. So I help a lot of people overcome their spending habits. With ADHD, we have, as you might know, a lot of issues around spending, whether that's impulsive spending or overspending, just really unhelpful spending habits that wreak havoc on our budgeting and money and financial well-being. So I help a lot of people with that, but also just general money management as well. 
there's a lot of advice out there that's just made for really typical brains. Like it's, you know, made for people who find money and finance quite easy and budgeting quite easy. But for ADHDers, it can be more difficult. Some of us have dyslexia when it comes to numbers. So it can be it can be quite challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you just mentioned then is like, I, I've not been diagnosed with dyscalculia, but I have a strong feeling that I probably do have have it, you know, in, in some way, because maths for me was always a struggle. And actually, mm. it's something that I've worked on with different ways in sort of therapy and, and with my EFT tapping, because I hold very strong beliefs that I can't do maths and numbers and me just don't get on you know all the typical kind of like self-talk that I look at a spreadsheet and it's like looking at a foreign language excel makes me want to come out in hives anything to do with taxes um forms documents anything like that this this huge kind of weight just this gray cloud kind of like hits me and I'm working on it (laughs) still not quite there but in the in the past, it has definitely hindered me because I then took on a belief that I can't do it. And therefore, I'm not a proper adult because I pass that over to my husband. And my husband, thankfully, has a very logical mathematical brain. He can fill out forms two minutes. He works with Excel spreadsheets the whole time. And so to make life easier, we're a busy family. I just pass things on to him. And that's how it's been. But I don't want it to be like that forever, because if I'm being very truthful and honest, um, a huge fear is is if something happened to my husband, God forbid, and I would be left to deal with a lot of the, the finances and all the things that, you know, he passes lots of stuff to me. He doesn't deal with all the WhatsApp groups and all the school rotors and the birthday parties and all the things like that, where I, I just do it. But it does fill me with dread that how how would I manage? And I think from an emotional perspective and well-being perspective, it does weigh quite heavy. And I know from a, a lot of other women, it's the same. So it's so self-empowering, isn't it, to be able to override these old beliefs and start reframing them and working with new sets of beliefs, new ways of thinking. Is that how you help your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as you sort of described, there there are a lot of people who do struggle with this, but, you know, it's just reframing that I like to say that you don't need to be an expert in all of this. It's just reframing to tell yourself and to tell your brain that you just need basic skills, which anybody can learn, just really basic skills. And you're right, it's overcoming those old belief systems that you tell yourself that, oh, well, I'm just not good with money just because you may not be perfect at it or you may not be an expert. And it's sort of, it's almost like our brain skips the point where just having basic skills is completely fine. It's like, well, and that's a very ADHD trait. It's like, you know, if I'm not perfect at something, well, then I shouldn't do it. I'm just not even going to try. Um, So it absolutely is overcoming a lot of mindset around thinking that you can't learn new skills or you can't do anything around maths and numbers because that's all it is it's just it's just learning basic skills you don't need to use spreadsheets if you don't want to there's apps these days that are so automatic and all you need to do is just download some data into the app and follow a few steps and voila you've got 
all this information around your personal finances right there in an app at your fingertips. Yeah, I think we're definitely lucky in that respect that we're living in these days where paperwork isn't a necessity. We don't have to have files and folders. I mean, when I first started working, you know, I still have files and folders of of, of printouts and, and things. And what you said then is, the basic skills when you said that and I was thinking well I'm not stupid I'm very capable I can do loads of things but for whatever reason this brick wall for me is numbers Mm. and even when I have to start invoicing and and doing things like that I suddenly kind of like infantilize myself a little bit my default is to say to my husband can you just help me with this I just need you to check this because I think I second guess myself because I don't trust myself. And it's such a huge subject, isn't it? How can we, as an ADHD woman, perhaps an entrepreneur, you know, we have these amazing ideas. We have great creativity. We think outside the box, we innovate, but then we can, it's almost like self-sabotage because we get to that point where we have to start being, we have to start thinking about the money side and doing everything properly with systems. How do you get someone from that place to feeling comfortable with money and feeling you know like their financial well-being is is intact you know when I work with clients who let's let's take entrepreneurs for example so if I have an entrepreneur client that does need some money skills and money management I like to take them on a journey of you know just little steps little skills that they can implement over time so we're not going from a to b or a to z if you like in you know a month or something it's it's going to be what skills do they particularly need to be able to handle let's say their business finances or their business money let's have a look at those skills and we're just going to work on you know little things that you can do to feel more empowered so The first thing might be you're just going to look through your bank account. I like to call it an expense audit. A lot of even entrepreneurs don't know what's coming out of their bank account, and that can be, you know, personal finances as well. But just something as simple, for the lack of a better term, something as simple as knowing what's coming in and out of your bank account can actually be very, very empowering because often we forget what expenses we have, subscriptions and things like that. And just being able to know that, they're still coming out of your bank account and you can stop them and then you're saving money. Something like that can actually be quite empowering because then the person's like, well, I've actually done something. I've saved myself some money. I've looked at my bank account, which even that is a, is a big step for a lot of people. So it's just those little things that we can do to slowly build those skills, but also feel empowered at the same time. It's sometimes we're too scared, aren't we, to look at the bank account. And actually, we, we can be surprised that maybe, you know, we're better than we think. Or like you say, the subs- I think the subscription thing is a big thing for an ADHD brain because they it takes effort and it takes time to go. And, and they don't make it easy for you to cancel a subscription. You know, that's like one of the, the, the loopholes. And you have to go through different websites and you've got to check different boxes So we have to also give ourselves a bit of compassion that this neurotypical world isn't um, made up for for people who struggle with those kind of tasks and and shifting tasks Mm -hmm. and the detail as well that's involved. So how do you help people? Again, we're going to go back to this ADHD brain of the spending habits, the overspending, the impulsive spending, when 
it's very hard for us to to override like how do you override the ADHD brain when it shopping and compulsion has been there for a long time yeah and it is absolutely challenging but it's about being able to slow down our brain before we go into that you know Ferrari brain like they like some people like to say before we um you know just go spend 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 just because we see there's a sale or something like that so it is about having to slow down our brain and we can do that in a few ways so my favorite way is the time rule and I've heard this helps a lot of people it's helped me always even to this day and it's my go-to with any ADHD brain and that's putting a time rule on any purchases Um, that you want obviously things may not come into the time rule like if you desperately need some groceries or something that's not what I'm talking about but if there's something that you want that you know maybe you can or cannot afford um, either way you put a time rule on it and this time rule can be 24 hours three days five days whatever you want to make it but you tell yourself that you are going to wait 24 hours three days whatever your time rule is and then if you want that certain product or item after that time if you still want it then maybe you can go purchase it often we've forgotten about that thing you know after three days or something because if it is something really really impulsive we're going to forget it about it anyway so you've saved yourself some money there um and then you know often you might think of it down the track and you know and it's really it this is a personal thing so you know after um, whatever time rule it is, if you still want it, then maybe you take the steps to see if you can afford it or if you do actually want it. That's a really, really big one that does help a lot of people. Um, the other one can be accountability works for some people. So they can enlist the help of a partner or um, a family member or a friend or something and just let them know that there's something that they're wanting that they don't know if they should purchase and then they can talk it through with that with that support person. Again, with ADHD brains, often we do really well with externalizing these things, these problems that we have or, um, you know, something that we need a solution to. So even sometimes once you've spoken about it to this support person, often, again, you'll just be like, well, why am I even wanting this? Or the support person will be able to talk you through it. Like, do you really need this? Can you afford it? And so on. And that can be really, really effective as well. The accountability really helps an ADHD brain. Yeah, I absolutely really like that. The because you you're so right. The externalizing, isn't it? Sometimes we just need to get it out of our heads, bounce an idea off someone, and then we can you know really make a decision that's not based on impulsivity. And and then it's it's empowering, isn't it? Because there's nothing worse than making one of those sort of overspending or impulsive choices. And then the thing arrives and there's this cycle of shame, perhaps from a, you know, it, maybe it's come from a partner or maybe it's come from yourself of like, why have I done that again? We don't need another X, Y, you know, whatever. And that just puts, you know, pushes our self-esteem down, which the reason why I wanted to speak to you on this podcast is because, yes, money is is very important and we need it to live and to survive, but we it's also an abundance it's a sign of abundance and it's a sign of if we're thriving and if we are doing perhaps we're working in a career or job that we are enjoying yes you can make money in work and a career that you're not enjoying but very often we see that connection of a thriving business and abundance 
when we are doing something that we're passionate about. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to that kind of like example of, of, you know, an entrepreneur that's coming, that's come to you and there's the passion is there and they really want to make this work, but they need to get past these, these money mindset beliefs. How do we go from old family conditioning, perhaps typical money doesn't grow in trees or get a job at an early age, otherwise you can't afford to, to buy anything for yourself. Like there's so many different things that we can hear our parents saying in our ear. And then very often when we become parents, the same words come out. But if we're very, if we want to be aware, we want to break generational cycles, especially if you've grown up in maybe, I don't know, you know, not being able to afford much, but you are wanting to be able to bring more abundance into your life. How do we break these family cycles and move out of that old conditioning yeah so there's a few things to unpack here so we everybody has a money story and it's exactly what you just described there it's things that come from past generation generations often our parents we hear our parents say things how we grew up around money as well whether we grew up with money or without money things that we'd hear our parents say not necessarily directly to us perhaps um, to each other And all that determines our money story and what we take into adulthood. And the way we need to break that is for us to create our new beliefs. So when I do work around mindset with money, we need to break those old beliefs that we have, the beliefs that come from that money story. And we can absolutely do that because we can change those neural pathways in our brain to create a new money story and new beliefs. So we need to work out what beliefs are actually from other people like our parents and what are our beliefs. Often if we create a new belief, sometimes I can feel really uncomfortable because it's not what we're used to. So if somebody wants to create a new belief around abundance, they might feel guilty or they might feel shame because that's not how they grew up and, you know, why should we have abundance if our parents didn't and all that kind of stuff. So We need to understand what beliefs are ours and what beliefs are other people's. And if they're other people's, we just need to take the steps to work through those and replace them with the beliefs that we want to have. Even when it comes to imposter syndrome and things like that, we've told ourselves negative things or even, you know, generational beliefs over and over and over. That's why we believe them. So when it comes to creating new beliefs and abundance, it's just a matter of saying something new over and over and over until it becomes a new belief, until you can say it and it no longer feels uncomfortable. And exactly right that, you know, that abundance of finding that, you know, small coin, it's just an energy thing that you're putting out to the universe that even something so small can mean abundance to you. It can mean something so special Whereas if it's, you know, you find that small coin, you're like, oh, whatever, that's just putting out small and negative energy. And a lot of people do believe that, you know, when you do put out that abundance energy, you're going to get that back because the universe is going to give that back to you. And that's something that I've been learning about recently. I've been right into that. That's been one of my hyper focuses lately about energy and universe and yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that the universe will also help you when it comes to new beliefs and abundance and all those kinds of things. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if people aren't comfortable with the universe or anything like that, but mm. I think it's just a matter of looking at energy and energy is science and what we put out energetically comes back to us. So if we are going to have these kind of beliefs and, and mantras of I'm always going to struggle, I don't know where the money's going to come from, and not trusting and believing in your capabilities to make money, it's going to be your life story and probably lack and things like that where you are just constantly noticing where you haven't got money is going to always be there but if you start noticing where money does come I know you know it's it's a bit woo-woo but I think when you start doing that energetic work you do start noticing things like oh someone um someone's just paid me back for that thing that I forgot about and the money comes into your account or you get some form of like tax rebate or you know and it's starting it's just noticing the little kind of breadcrumbs when you start changing those energetic beliefs because again this thing that I had to learn quite recently is spending investing in myself and investing in things always comes back to me so beforehand I would be always oh I can't pay that it's too much money I can't invest in myself um, you know what kind of course charges x and always just thinking about the money side of it but not the actual what am I going to benefit from it and again going back to this sort of energetic exchange however I can't think about one thing that I've invested in from a business perspective that hasn't come back to me tenfold and that was a huge you know, mindset shift for me that when I started recognizing the investment and how they were showing up in my life, that's when it started to make me look at money in a, in a different way, which has helped me enormously when I have started charging what I believe is for my worth. Because before then I was like, well, I didn't want to pay. I didn't want to spend. So I was scared to put my prices up. I was scared to charge people because I thought, well, people aren't going to want to pay for what I've got. So it, it's like a cycle, isn't it? Of what you put out there, it comes back to you. So it, it's it's a strange thing because if you're not familiar with these this terminology, you know, the, the wording around abundance and financial wellness and recognizing the energy but you might start noticing now just from this conversation, maybe a belief or a phrase that perhaps you can you remember your father always saying to you. But maybe your parents never had anything and they were they lived in fear. Maybe that was their kind of um, I guess that's the way they operated. They operated from the sort of fear basis. But when we can recognize recognize that and say that was how they lived and those are the resources that they had, that was the knowledge, the awareness that they had, it was a different era, we can then recognize that we don't need to carry that forward and we're not being, you know, disrespectful, we're not being ambivalent, you know, about money, we're not, it's just, it's okay, it's almost like dropping all the weight that we've been carrying for our generations, our family and making a choice there and then that you want to do things differently. Would you say that mindset is probably the overriding thing that we need to work on with regards to money and then everything else follows? Yeah, it does play a really, really big part. As we've been talking about the money story and beliefs, it all plays into the mindset as well. You know, it's what we take into adulthood. So 
a hundred percent you know people skip past mindset thinking it's just like woo-woo but it really isn't being able to work on your mindset and having a strong money mindset can really help set you up for financial well-being because when you have the strong money mindset that's when you start thinking about money differently as well so don't skip over that that money mindset because you think that it's not going to help because it absolutely will it absolutely will So you may have heard me talk about my daily ritual of taking supplements on the podcast. Long before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I recognised gaps where I needed some extra support and tried to find supplements to help myself. This has ranged from gut health, sleep, concentration and seeking more calm, especially for my nervous system. I've tried all sorts often taking up to 10 different supplements throughout the day. And my bedside drawer and kitchen cabinet both resemble some form of disorganised apothecary. And often I'm actually not even sure when I should be taking and what I should be taking. I'm so glad that I've recently come across a new brand of supplement I've been taking religiously for the past month. There are several reasons why I love the brand, but the biggest one is because they've done all the hard work for us. Currently, I'm taking one called The Edge to help with my focus when I work. This blend aims to improve concentration and optimize mental performance. I'm also taking Shine, which is the mood blend, and this helps to maintain emotional balance, positive mood, and promote better psychological function. I especially love this one as it combines amazing botanicals such as ashwagandha, saffron and turmeric with magnesium, lots of vitamin Bs and cytocholine sodium, which supplies our brain with the energy to stay sharp. And lastly, and most importantly for me, I'm taking the sleep option called Drift. The more I learn about ADHD, the more I see how interconnected sleep is. And unfortunately, many of us, often including myself, aren't getting enough or a good quality night's sleep. Since taking Nubria's sleep formula, I've noticed myself sleeping for longer. And if I do wake in the night, I fall back to sleep quickly and wake feeling more refreshed in the morning. I'm so impressed with this formula. I don't think I'll go back to my standard magnesium that I've been taking historically for years. Nubria's Drift contains a unique blend of folic acid, vitamin D, magnesium, L-tryptophan, as well as other sleep-enhancing ingredients. I want to share all this love I have for the brand and offer you exclusive discount code for you, my podcast listeners. I say this time and time again, I will not promote or recommend anything I don't believe works. So to get your discount, which they have offered very kindly 20%, head to nubria.com and that is N-E-U-B-R-I-A.com and enter in Kate20 for 20% discount. And there's also another offer, which you can get three for two on the website. So you can't get the discount on that, but there is a three for two offer if you head to nubria.com. I'll put all the details in the show notes and good luck because I think they're wonderful supplements. So let's just talk a little bit about debt. Because that is a massive thing for people. It's a huge fear story. It's terrifying and it can weigh you down in such a way that maybe some people just can never move away from from that. How do people where debt has just been their life story, where they have lived, you know, in a family where just debt's always there? How do they move out of that? that framework and start believing more in in, in abundance? 
Yeah, debt can be uh, really tricky because you're right. If it's if it's been part of their money story and the way they grew up, it can be really really hard to shift that mindset into uh, you know not having debt and all that kind of stuff. But I don't tend to view debt as you know the devil, if you would like. I know a lot of people are so against debt. I am, depending on what kind of debt it is, I do believe there is good debt and there's, you know, not so good debt. Obviously, all the consumer debt um, you probably do want to avoid, but getting a mortgage and, you know, educational kind of stuff, obviously, that's a little bit better, investing, all that kind of stuff. So trying to move out of debt, if somebody is having issues with that, you know, that might be a case of where they need to get some professional help from a financial advisor or something like that. Um, to be able to put in practical steps to move out of that debt. But again, it's going to come down to just having those basic money and finance skills that you can put into place to not have to go down that road again and creating new beliefs around debt as well. Um, You know, creating that new belief that you don't have to actually go into debt to be able to get the things that you want. But absolutely, if somebody is having issues with that, I would recommend getting professional help there, especially if they if they are really, really struggling to put into place the practical things to um, pay off that debt. You know, at the beginning, you mentioned like apps. If I had to say to you, what apps would you recommend that we, you know, as an ADHD woman, what would you say are the sort of your top two or three apps to to have to help either with finances, budgeting or accounting? So in regards to um, sort of more personal finances, there's an app called You Need a Budget, which is very, very popular with um, ADHDers. You know, the other one that I use, I know some people use it for personal stuff, but it's more sort of entrepreneur based and that's zero. So if somebody is an entrepreneur um, or, you know, a sole trader just going off onto their own little business, having something like Zero behind them can really help as well because that will help organise their business finances and there's lots of good stuff that comes with that as well. Um, not only can you sort of manage your business money but you can there's things in there that will help you with your cash flow and all that kind of stuff as well. So they are, um, they're the first things that come to mind when it comes to personal and business money. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. And then just before we close, would you Mm. say that affirmations for reprogramming those neural pathways, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about the neuroplasticity of the brain. Do you think they, they work, you know, if we pinned it on a mirror, you know, the fridge or car? A thousand percent. Yes, absolutely. Because that's exactly the way we create those new pathways and create those new beliefs is just repeating those things over and over again. And whether you want to call them affirmations or, you know, whatever, that's exactly what you're doing. You're just pinning something up, um, you know, in your bathroom mirror or whatever it may be. Um, People who work with me know I love my post-its. I've got post-its everywhere. So, you know, you just write it on a post-it and stick it to where you see it constantly in your car, where you make your coffee, brush your teeth, wherever it may be, wherever you want it. And it's not only a matter of saying it in your head because that can get very easy very quickly. And it's really easy if you only say it in your head to then override it with another thought. So a really effective way is, yeah, saying it out loud um, in front of a mirror as well because that feels more uncomfortable, that externalisation of it 
that's suddenly a whole new ball game. So saying it in front of a mirror where you can see yourself saying it over and over and over, you do it every day. Yeah, that is incredibly helpful, especially to an ADHD brain. So mm. I would definitely suggest that. And what kind of affirmations do you use or what would you say, you know, if someone's thinking, well, this sounds perfect, but they can't think of an affirmation to, to sort of change those neural pathways, what are your suggestions? Just anything that makes you feel empowered. Um, you can jump on Google and find affirmations at the hit of, you know, the enter button once you put in money affirmations. But, you know, some of them can be something like, I'm enjoying learning about managing my finances or I'm enjoying learning about managing my money. I can learn the skills that I need to learn to manage my money. Anything like that, it's thinking to yourself, what do I want to, where do I want to be? Like what's my short-term goal with money? And just finding something that will get you there. And, you know, sometimes something that's really effective is an affirmation that is at your goal. So let's say you have your goal is to overcome um, impulsive spending. An affirmation could be something like, I no longer have to be worried when I look at my bank account or something like that. Again, Google them if you need some help or whatever comes to mind, whatever feels um, empowering for you. I just love talking about affirmations, but absolutely go down that path. Yeah. And I think what you said then was really important is that it's short term goals, because as, as you know, as great as it is to be sort of industrious and think, oh, I am a millionaire, I am, a you know, I am making, you know, seven figures. If you haven't even started your business yet, your brain's going to override that and say, well, you're not you're not working yet. You've not started the business. So that's not possible. But we could sort of say something like I am excited to begin planning my business or, or something like that or I am open to new opportunities that will bring me more abundance and then once we've kind of overrided that pathway then it's like okay I am looking forward to charging for my worth and then it, it has to be kind of realistic doesn't it with um an element of uh, optimism I think so we can welcome it in and then we just, it's like a ladder, isn't it? We just keep scaling the ladder with those affirmations until we get to that point where, you know, you can say, I'm making seven figures in a month. <laughs> that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's ultra important. I'm really glad that you touched on that, that having, um, being able to look at those short-term goals, absolutely have your longer-term goal there. I know my long-term goal with my business, but if I only focus on that, that's just going to make my brain go, no, thank you. This is too hard and that's too far away, especially with ADHD. You know, we tend to get bored and we need that dopamine. So the way we're going to get that dopamine and keep our brain engaged is hitting those smaller goals, those smaller milestones. So break down what you can into smaller steps and then watch your brain and your dopamine levels. Like as you hit them, you're going to feel so empowered and so accomplished you're going to want to hit the next one and then the next one. And that's how you get to your longer term goal by just getting those smaller breakdown of those goals and hitting them. Yeah, fantastic. That's brilliant advice. Tell me, how do you work with clients? Do you do one to one? Is it group work? 
tell tell everyone how they could potentially work with you if they want to work on their kind of money mindset and wealth well-being or money well-being however you want to describe it yeah sure so I do um do work one-to-one with people and then I also do group work through a coaching program that I've just uh, developed and launched which is called ADHD cashed up so it is taking somebody through the money mindset stuff that's what we sort of work through at the beginning um, because that sets you up for working through the rest of the program. It's going to set you up for overcoming those spending, those unhelpful spending patterns that we have, which is the next bit of the program. And then we go over some budgeting. Um, you get some resources around budgeting and we go through that together. Um, and then sort of t- the tail end of the program is, you know, we talk about some debt and sort of things that you're going to have to be aware of as you go off um, on your own. Um, and then that kind of leads into Um, you know, another sort of alumni group coaching program, I guess, if you want to call it that, if somebody still needs help, or you can go to a one-to-one or whatever it may be. And there's going to be sort of other courses, little courses coming out later in the year as well. But they're sort of the things, um, the way that I help people um, in that regard. Tina, thank you so much for this. I think it's been a really enlightening conversation. You know, it's not easy to talk about money. It's not a comfortable mm-hmm. subject. And, you know, it's not the type of thing we, we talk about, you know, over a coffee with a friend. Very typically, it's it's sensitive. It's confidential. There's lots of things yeah. people don't want to admit. And mm-hmm. so I think to have these conversations more often and, and to have them out in the open just helps, you know, reduce that shame and the embarrassment and the lack of awareness and knowledge and know that it's okay to ask questions and to read things and to have you there you know Instagram you're fantastic you're very um you're very resourceful and have lots of great posts on there so tell people how they can get in touch with you if they do want to work with you yeah so the best place is my Instagram to go first um I'm at the ADHD accountant because everything's there all my links will be there and all the information and especially because I'm working on my new website at the moment. So head to my Instagram. You'll be able to find that bio even if you're not on Instagram. You can literally just Google the ADHD account on Instagram and it will come up anyway. So head there. If you click on the link in my bio, it'll give you links to anything that you need. Tina, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that conversation and I personally got a lot out of it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. So that's today's episode done. Did what we talk about resonate with you? I really hope you found some takeaways that may inspire you to make some small changes that enhance your daily life. And if you did find this episode insightful, please do consider sharing it. Knowledge and awareness is power, especially with ADHD. You can also head over to the show's Instagram page, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod, and join the community that's waiting for you there. And if this episode really did strike a chord, please do consider leaving us a review to enable more people who need to hear these conversations find the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and see you next time.